0: And welcome to Minute 55 of Season 5 of Move our Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee kai our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action flick Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me to finish off this week is Hal
1: Bryan. Welcome back to the show, Hal, from the Rocketeer Minute. Uh, it's great to be back, Rob. This has been uh, been a lot of fun, nerding out about airplane stuff all week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it really has. This, this has been uh, such, such a fun
0: week. Uh, I've, I've learned so much about uh, aviation that, that I didn't think I would, I would even be able to understand. Uh, I mean, don't, don't give me a test. <laughs> but, uh, well, we'll see. I don't know. The no, no, show's
1: no. not over yet.
0: That's right. That's, that, that is true. That is true. Um, so Minute 55 begins with uh, John still uh, waiting for an answer and uh, ends with John landing on his feet. So yesterday, we, we ended things with uh, Stuart starting to uh, let his plan uh, move forward. You know, he recalibrated the ILS system, uh, or he recalibrated the fictional ILS system. <laughs> and, you know, John is starting to figure out what's going on. And, uh, you know, he, he ends yesterday's minute by saying, why are they listening to him? And Barnes responds, it's our frequency. Why shouldn't they? Yeah. You know now is there a way of verifying that you're actually talking to the tower
1: you know that's a good question um i i like you know, that other than question. uh yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's good um so basically um you know that line actually there it's our frequency why wouldn't they um is actually you know quite accurate um you know, one of the things that so many movies get get wrong about radio transmissions and whether we're talking airplanes or, you know, if we're on the car in a police or on the ground in a police car or something like that, is that these are uh, uh, asynchronous communications. So that if someone is transmitting, um, unless their signal is extremely weak and yours is extremely strong, you there's no concept of sort of interrupting anybody. So in this case, you know whoever's on the frequency doing the talking now um the way you would tell is is uh you know it, 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 if it's some little kid who's uh you know borrowed uh, his dad's UHF transceiver we were talking about earlier in the week and tunes in the tower frequency and keys to mic it just says well hi everybody it's Billy you know then okay obviously they're going to know that's not legitimate but it's um and you're going to be able to tell by the quality of the and sound of the transmission you'll be able to tell if it's Somebody on a handheld versus somebody in an airplane versus somebody in a control tower who sounds nice and clear. But if, um, you know, honestly, if uh, if you had a strong enough transmitter and somebody who knew, the, who spoke the language of uh, aviation radio chatter, um, I don't know how you would tell. Okay.
0: All right. That, that's fair. That, that, that's good. That means that, that what they're doing here is very plausible. So I'm, 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 I'm glad right. to know that. You know, that, uh, I mean, it also makes sense to say, you know, why wouldn't if there, if you're talking on our frequency, then why wouldn't it be like if you were to call up someone and you it would see, on, you know, you'd see that it says on caller ID that, uh, you know, it's Hal calling Rob. So
1: why wouldn't I believe it's you? you know, right. That type of thing. Yeah. And then, you know, the guy on the other end talks about movies and do we and podcasting and everything else. So it must sure, be. I'm assume it's. Uh, <laughs> of course. In fact, must- I have to say, Rob. Uh, I am right now. I am assuming that I'm talking to movie Rob and yeah. and have been all week. I may find out that uh, the real movie Rob is uh, tied up in the trunk of a car. And I've been speaking with an imposter. But would the, would, wouldn't the imposter know as much about the, about all the crap I know about? <laughs> I don't know. If the imposter was an extremely dedicated and well-prepared terrorist then, uh, then I gotta say it's plausible, Rob. All right, well, not, not likely. That, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I, I don't know why someone would would be
0: interested in in using terrorism to take over my my podcast. But uh, hey, if this is the season, if, if you're gonna do it, this is the season to do it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I mean, you could have done it two seasons ago, and you could probably do it two seasons from now. But you know, for the time being, this, you know, there's no time like the present. If that's what you're gonna do. Right. So that makes sense. And then uh, the shot goes back to, to the pilot. And, you know, we, we get Col Meany once again going, Dulles, this is Windsor 114. <laughs> and then uh, John, it, it switches back to John, and John screams, Barnes! And then we see that John throws the cell phone to Barnes and then uh, runs towards him as he's doing it. And then uh, Stuart continues with uh, his... His uh, lie, I guess you can say, as the script said yesterday, this is Dulles Tower. We have radar contact. Now, do you think, I mean, you told me earlier in the week that this is supposed to be someone else. Um, I've never picked up on it. Is is uh, Stuart using a different uh, accent or a
1: different voice to pretend that it's a different person? You know, I think maybe he is, because that would, that would immediately raise a flag. Um, You know, if you think about it, I mean, even, you know, even what we're doing right now, we're talking to each other, you know, a zillion miles apart over Skype. Um, You know, if you, uh, you know, the next person you connect with, is going to be in a different room with different acoustics and uh, when you're doing your podcast and then maybe they've got a different brand microphone or they don't sit as close or as far away as I do, you know, all these sort of things, there's a whole sort of texture and, and flavor to the sound in addition to just the voice. Um, but I think, I think he's doing doing a bit of a voice and trying to disguise and trying to identify the fact that, yeah, you've been handed off. You've gone from, you know, approach was handling you. Now you're close enough to the airport that you're handed off to the tower. Um, but I would think that, uh, you know, maybe some of these other factors might come into come into play. Um, and it's I don't know if I'm articulating it very well, but it would be the kind of thing where, you know, you're talking with one controller. When they key the mic, even before they've said something, a lot of times you can kind of just mentally tell uh, that's going to be that this controller again because, you know, just sort of the way the room sounds or a little extra tone in the, the radio or something like that. Um, but if certainly if it sounded like not only like it was the same, you know, same quality and tone and everything else, but also sounded like the same person, that would be a huge red flag okay that that makes sense so i mean I,
0: we 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 talked about the fact that that it doesn't specifically say you know that he's he's a different person you know he just continues the the conversation but you know it is you can possibly hear that the, the that his voice is a little different like it was maybe a little more of a southern drawl beforehand and now right. there's less
1: of that you know yeah and just the fact that he's, you know, specifically identifying, you know, this is Dulles Tower. That's right. And, you know, the, I think establishing that, okay, we're ex- – the pilot would be expecting to talk to a different person in a different role than, you know, physically in a different building. So when he says that, I I, I think – I just sort of roll with it and say, well, he's he's – even if if it's not super obvious, he's not going from one sort of exaggerated accent to another exaggerated accent or something. I think it's just, always, I've always taken it as read that, yeah, he's doing something with his voice. Right, okay, all right, that, that makes sense. So, you know, as as we're listening to
0: this, we see John uh, uh, getting into action, basically. John, you know, he, he runs towards like a drop cloth and starts ripping it up and he picks it up and uh, he picks up a few poles and then he, he starts fiddling around with a whole bunch of uh, uh, canisters or cans. And he picks one up that I'm assuming is uh, like turpentine or something like that. And then uh, Barnes, uh, then, then he screams to Barnes, give me your coat. And then Barnes says, what are you going to do? Whatever I can. And, uh, you know, we, we see once again the plane uh, descending and there's, it's, it's very cloudy. Now, is it usually this cloudy when there's snow?
1: Uh, it can be, because um, it looks more like fog. I, I think it, than, than than right, snow. It looks, and I I think they've kind of you know maybe exaggerated that a little bit, but uh, but you know heavy snowstorms can bring I mean it can bring what they call whiteout conditions and stuff. Of course, um, it, it it does seem to vary a bit, uh, sort of you know, regionally as, as well, that, uh, you might have a heavy snow, uh, snowstorm, but you're not going to have really, really low clouds. Um, but in this case, you know, it's just, I think it's, it's, it's credible. It's just generally terrible weather, yeah. which is why you have an instrument landing system to, to begin with. And, you know, something I hadn't really thought about was, um, this, and I'm surprised I never did, but this whole plan, uh, Behind this, the, everything here. Would, uh, if Esperanza's flight was coming in during the day when it was nice weather, because no pilot is going to, you know, when they're on a visual approach where they can see versus an instrument approach where they can't see because of the weather, you know, a pilot's not going to just blindly uh, fly into the ground. Um, they're gonna they're gonna see the problem right away. But this only works because. It's instrument conditions, and they can't see, and and the fact that it's at night just exacerbates it. Okay, that that actually that's great. I mean, it's great to know
0: that that I mean. So again, that means that S- D'Souza, when he wrote this, knew that
1: that it's much easier to crash a plane like this at night than during the day. So, <laughs> right, yeah, at night and bad weather, so they've already got that going in, and they're completely dependent now. A, a typical airline flight will always uh, effectively almost always fly an instrument approach procedure to some degree, but, but they can be cleared for, uh, you know, cleared early on for a visual approach when the weather is nice. And then it's, you know, it's largely looking out the window and, and judging things by what you can see. But once, once the, the weather is bad, and as I said, the night makes it worse, you are, um, you're absolutely beholden to that instrument landing system with the support of the controller. Right. Okay. Cool. Then we we get a shot
0: of the uh of first the cockpit and then it jumps to 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 the cabin itself and we hear uh the pilot say ladies and gentlemen as you've probably noticed we've started our descent we're sorry for the inconvenience but we'll all be on the ground in a few minutes and everyone starts cheering and he goes thank you please keep your seatbelts on now what's what's great here is sorry the and he goes, thank you. Um, so I, I was looking at the 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 other two guys in the the cockpit. And I was wondering if either of them, I mean, we, we talked earlier in the week that we recognize Cole Meaning and we know who he is and stuff like that. I was wondering if either of the other two guys are people that, you know, we could, we could know. So the co-pilot, his name is uh, Stephen Gregory Foster, who only has 10 IMDB credits. And the, the he was on a TV show called strong medicine where he, Uh, was in eight episodes so i really couldn't find very much from that um then the navigator though is a an actor by the name of james lancaster who has 39 imdb credits um he was in the movie gettysburg he played one of the the, uh, one of the high officers he was in the movie titanic he played the priest you know, there's there's the oh no yes, kidding. There are a few scenes with the priest. You know, towards the end also, you hear him talk about uh, you know walking to the as we walk to the to the, to the valley of death and uh, and then uh, DiCaprio says to him, "How about walking a little faster?" Um, <laughs> and he <laughs> has been married to Elizabeth uh, Dennehy, who is the daughter of Brian Dennehy. Oh And sure. she was actually on a bunch of episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, she played uh, uh, ensign Elizabeth Shelby. And in the recent uh, season of Picard, Star Trek Picard, she was actually I uh, think she played Admiral Elizabeth Shelby. So she was brought back. So I, I find that really cool that that two of the people in the cockpit have Star Trek connections.
1: Absolutely. I completely forgot that was uh, uh, Brian he's daughter that that's because yeah. I, I mean i recognized her in picard mm-hmm. immediately as shelby and you know understood those yes. callbacks and things but um yeah forgot that that's brian dennehy's daughter and then had no idea she was married to the navigator from uh Die that's Hard right. too
0: and uh and then we're we're, we're in the co- we're in the cabin and the, the stewardess starts walking through the cabin cabin and she goes please keep your seatbelts on And then she turns to one of the, uh, a couple that are sitting there and she says, oh, not to worry, we've made arrangements for your next flight. Uh, So you won't miss it, okay? And the guy says, thank you. And then she, she like uh, taps a kid on the head and says, in your seat, please, come on, in your seat. And then she kneels down next to an elderly woman and says, oh, hey, we're just like British Rail, love. We may be late, but we get you there. Don't worry. Now. (laughs) <laughs> um, some of these people are also, uh, a little bit, uh, familiar. So first of all, uh, uh, one of the stewardesses, we see two stewardesses. One of them is, is named, uh, Amanda Hillwood, uh, uh, Amanda Hillwood. And she has actually been married. She's
1: married to Matt Frewer. Do you know who Matt Frewer is? Oh, Max Headroom. Yes. Mr. Max Headroom That's himself. Right. And, uh, uh, um. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. There's something else he's really known for, but anyway, I know him as Max yeah. Headroom first and foremost. Yeah, no, he's
0: been in a lot of things. Uh, uh, I I know him actually from uh, uh, The Stand. You know. Oh sure. Uh, he played. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, what's the name? He was. He was also in Watchmen. He was in Dawn of the Dead. Watchmen, yeah. You know, he was. He was in uh, Hercules, the uh, Disney movie.
1: Um, he was in. Oh, 12 monkeys to, do that. Um, he, Orphan Black was yes. another great one uh, that, that yeah, he was he in. he was in
0: 11 episodes of Orphan Black also. Yeah. So, you know, to, another interesting connection to, to have here. And then the second stewardess is uh, her name is Felicity uh, Waterman. Wait, wait, Wasserman, Waterman, Felicity Waterman. Right. And uh, she has 26 IMDb credits. And uh, she almost got the, the lead part in the TV show La Femme Nikita. She, she, it was between her and, and uh, you know, the, the woman who actually got, got the part. And uh, she, for whatever reason, they, they, they went the other way, you know. And, and, uh, oh, wow. yeah. But uh, again, she's, uh, it's interesting that, that she's here. It was, it, Pet, Pet, uh, Peter Wilson got, uh, got, got uh, the part for that one. Um, That's right. Then in, in the credits, we actually have someone named Alan Berger, who it just says passenger uh, on this plane, which I don't know who he is because he does not look like the the, the man with the mustache uh, who who's told that he's uh, you know that that, that they're going to make their connection. Um, he was born in 1947, and most of his credits in IMDb is the, in the casting department. Um, he was in the casting department for oh, *Junior Kindergarten Cop*, um, uh, *Above the Law*, *My Girl*, *Young Guns 2*. In *In My Girl 2*, he was actually the casting director. You know, so he he has a lot of uh, uh, credits here. I guess they just needed someone to fill up one of those seats. And they and what's interesting is he's not the casting in the casting department in this movie. You know, I would think that if he was in the casting department, in this movie it would make sense to to put him in the seat and just say, okay, you know, right? Uh, yeah, just give him a little cameo. Yeah, like, I, the 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 elderly but, woman, I couldn't find out who she is. Uh, he was also in the movie Dave, which which I love that movie. Oh, sorry, he was the casting director for Dave.
1: I I, I love Dave. That's such a great movie. Oh, uh, Kevin, Kevin Klein, yeah, yeah. right, as mm-hmm. the, the president. That's correct. Fun film. I haven't seen that one in a million years. <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow.
0: <laughs> and um, I mean, I I actually like. The, the what they do here because they you know having these conversations with the, with the, the people on the plane it it uh you know makes things even more personal for us to to, to watch things unfold you know it, it'll you know next week we'll get this a lot more but uh you know to we, we've now sort of met some of these people you know they're not just uh you know such as a plane with with uh, faceless people on it that 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 uh is in this uh, dire situation. You know, so I, right. I, I like the way they do this. And yeah, now we, we get a little that's more invested. Right. Now I was, I was listening to the commentary uh, by Rennie Harlan, and Rennie Harlan was saying how much he had to fight to get this in the movie. The, the studio wanted it to be a cargo plane that, that crashes. They didn't want it to be, uh, you know, a passenger plane. And he insisted that it must be a passenger plane, in order, to, and you must show the people in the plane in order to show how ruthless Stewart really is, and that he's not going to be able to just get away with, uh, you know, with 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 giving them a small little penalty. You know, he's willing to, to go the distance and do this type of thing. Um, and so he made a deal with the the studio. He says, "Let's put it in, and we'll we'll take it to the, uh, you know, when when they have the previews." For the you know whether they they show the movie to a whole bunch of different uh, you know people to get their opinion on it, he says let's see what they say, and apparently they they all said that or the majority the the responses they got was is that it's great that they do that because you know it 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 uh, raises the stakes you know it makes us realize how much of a, you know who we're dealing with here and what we're dealing with, so you know he he right. said that. That that on the one hand he feels bad that that he made something so violent at the time, but he said it really fit with what he was trying to say about these bad guys because he says it it shows you that that you know you have uh, worthy adversaries here. I guess you can say that's probably the the right uh,
1: term to use for that. Right. Well, and and it makes uh, it puts Bonnie Bedelia. That's know, this right. Is... Uh, Holly Gennaro, McLean puts That's her true. in danger, and that raises the stakes for, for John true. as well. That's very true.
0: And then uh, the the shot changes where we've left the plane. We're back to seeing John, and we see him rappelling down to the ground via sheets. Which I'm amazed at how quickly they were able to tie together all those sheets. But maybe it has to do with the fact that that John <laughs> is so good at dressing
1: wounds. You know, he's able to 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 do this. You know, and you can you can see. Although remember, he, he never did—he uh, never did finish that's, tying oh, off the bandage he was true. working on. So I—I I don't know that he's any great shakes at tying cloth. So maybe clock, maybe
0: uh, maybe Barnes made made the the knots here. You know, John brought the equipment, and uh, and and he brought that. Um, and then uh, we we can also see on the ground the uh, the rest of his equipment that he's thrown down. You know the stuff that he's uh, taken before, and you know Barnes seems to be struggling holding up John. You know it. It apparently he's not as strong as you would think. <laughs> and then John no, repels down and actually makes it down to the ground, and that's the way this this minute ends. You know, so we'll, we'll have to wait until uh, uh, next week to find out uh, what what continues to happen. Sorry, Hal, that you won't be here to to to, to watch it happen. Uh, maybe maybe we're sparing you. I don't know. Oh <laughs> well, no, be there okay. in spirit. All right. that's, that, sure. that's good. You have anything else you want to say about this
1: minute? No, I think you, we uh, we hit it pretty hard. I do wonder though. Um, it, it seems like it was kind of an interesting little joke about mm-hmm. the Rail. Like we may be late, but we we get you there. And I was just I was always trying to rem- trying to remember. Was there anything? Like it's an obscure little reference to make, especially to a to a largely American audience. You know, you know what British Rail is, or can infer what it is. But uh, you know, was there anything going on in the news at the time, or were, you know, were they famous for being late? I I, I seem to remember a lot about uh, British Rail uh, facing a lot of strikes. Mm-hmm. Maybe that maybe that what they're referring to. Maybe there. that was it. Yeah, oh. but uh, kind of a, a quirky little, very British yep. joke. Yeah, I thought but... it was
0: a little quirky also, but uh, I never, I didn't really pay much attention to it. All right, so the the script is is pretty much the, the same here, but they they do add a few uh, extra things in 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 the mix. You know, so I mean, yesterday we we had a few lines that they added here, and today it begins with uh, desperate. McLean runs to the spilled paint, grabs turpentine rags, pieces of scaffolding. See, I didn't notice that he that he picks up scaffolding. It looks like he's picking up like these pipes. Or something like that, you know. Did, does it look to you that they're they're pieces of, of scaffolding? Yeah,
1: that was my thought. Um, I'm just gonna scrub back through it here again and bring it up. But that was, yeah, my best guess was that it was just part of the just part of the scaffolding itself.
0: Because they they look like uh, you know metal uh, beams or something like that. Maybe metal beams from the from the scaffolding. Right. But but you know later on.
1: Yeah. Later on, if the, he's lighting them on fire, they're going to get got, pretty hot. <laughs> right. Yeah. Even with you know wrapped in rags, you know, <laughs> tied by uh, the expert uh, cloth, yes. knot tied. Well, of course, that, that's what he's here for.
0: Uh, you know that that <laughs> that's, that's that's why what we have him in order for him to be able to to tie
1: those knots. Because if if he Absolutely. can't tie those knots, who could? Uh, yeah. But if those are, uh, like, particularly if those are aluminum, which uh, could be the case, you'd think you'd be worried about them melting pretty soon. But then, you know, getting ahead of ourselves, he doesn't uh, He doesn't need those yeah, torches for true. very long.
0: But next next week he'll use them a little bit, you know. Um, right. So yeah. then Barnes says to him, uh, what are you going to do? And McLean goes, whatever the f*** <laughs> you can, Barnes, whatever the f*** <laughs> you can. And then it, it jumps to the... To, to the british cockpit with the pilot you know giving his uh, uh little speech and then it says the spent and exhausted people react some break into applause and cheers of hip hip but one nice english granny clearly not an experienced air traveler still looks tense a stewardess pauses to pat her so- shoulder reassuringly and then she says the, the british rail line we may be late but we get you there McLean from outside, uh, Barnes is holding onto one end of the painter's drop cloth. McLean, now wearing Barnes's coat, drops out of the broken window to the snow below. Then he's a tiny shadow on the white field. He turns and runs across the unlit airport, wind whipping snow, quickly hiding him from Barnes. And that's pretty much how that that ends for, for the script. So I I like the way they did in the movie. I think it's much better than than what they have here in the script. Uh, I I don't think you need to have McLean say whatever the fuck I can or whatever the fuck I can. You know, just I don't know. It, right. I mean, we we it's talked obvious. we talked He's earlier in the week. Something. We talked earlier in the week that that sometimes you know when
1: McLean swears it works, but this is not one of those cases. Right. This is not. It's not necessary. No, not at all. No, no. You all. know, it, it's the his actions are are what, uh, you know, are are what punctuate the whole thing. It doesn't, he doesn't have to add another, uh, another layer on top of it. Correct. That. That's very true. Um, okay, so every Friday I have a segment called
0: Where Are They Up To This Weekend? where I sort of surprise my guest, uh, unless anyone's been listening. <laughs> and <laughs> basically, you know, the, the idea is, okay, we're right now at minute 55 of this movie. Okay, now, uh, most of my guests uh, have their own shows. They've, they've done Movies by Minute podcasts, or some of them have just uh, informed me of what their, their favorite movies are. And, and the idea, basically, behind this little segment is to see how well you actually remember uh, your favorite movies or the movie that you possibly did Minute by Minute. So, Hal... Oh, my God. <laughs> Hal... Where do you think they're up to at minute 55 in the Rocketeer? What do you think is going on?
1: Wow. Oh, that's a tough one. That's a great question, too. And, you know, when you're in the, the thick of recording something like that, you're just you're just doing it incrementally, and it's very rare to so step back and, and think of that. Um, let's see. So about an hour in... I think we're probably. I'm guessing that we we might be getting our first look at the South Seas Club. Um, but I feel like I'm going to be like mortifyingly wrong, so lay it on me. Okay,
0: well, it's very possible that you are correct. Uh, we we have uh, you know the the the, the two main characters up in an attic. And then the 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 door opens below them, and they and you have two people down at the bottom of a ladder that are talking to them. Oh. And then gotcha. and then they, they the the rocketeer uh, you know climbs down the ladder and enters the the cafe the cafe is
1: that what it is or the the diner? Yes. Yeah. Right. So that's actually what's happening. That's the whole. Uh... You know, we don't got a house Clifford, we got a gazebo. That's that line was right in there in that attics, uh, attic scene. So I was a little bit early. We're not quite to the okay. um, to the main events at the South Seas Club. Okay. So very interesting. Yeah. Wonder who our guest was on that episode. That you
0: you would know better <laughs> Probably.
1: than Probably <us. laughs> Yeah. Here yeah, I'll Give me one second, I'll pull it up. It's, okay, it was uh, it was Billy Campbell, oh so the, okay. the Rocketeer himself, there you go. did a lot of those episodes with us. And, um, All right. So wow, minute fifty-five. That's that's where we were. Yeah. You know, and I saw in your show notes uh, the you know where are they now? And I thought it's are we going to get an update on you know Bruce Willis? Of course, has had some real struggles uh, in his life, or you know Bonnie Bedelia? What's she doing? What's William Atherton doing? But uh, but no you got me. That's good. That's right. (laughs) Well played.
0: All right. And uh, so you want it for one last time, uh, let everyone know how they can get in touch with you.
1: Absolutely. Uh, You can hear uh, me on the Rocketeer Minute at uh, the rocketeerminute.com. And I'm also a, uh, a frequent uh, host of one of a rotating group of three hosts on EAA's podcast. That's the Experimental Aircraft Association. Uh, The, that podcast is called the green dot and you can find those at inspire.ea.org. Um, of course, both podcasts available on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google play. Um, the rocketeer minute is now on YouTube. Uh, both are uh, on audible, uh, just about uh, just about anywhere you find a podcast, you can find those, and that's probably the best way to do it. I'm all over social media as well, so Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Um, if somebody uh, really wants to track me down and tell me all the mistakes I've made this week, you can find me that no, way. No,
0: why would that? They, they would actually want to now find you <laughs>
1: and want to go fly in your plane. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that,
1: would, that would be fun too. The line forms to the left. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great.
0: So, uh, and finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move around minute. You can find me on my website, moving You can find me on Facebook and you can find me on Twitter. Hal, thank you very much for, for joining me this week. Uh, I've had a lot of fun. I've learned yeah. a lot. Uh, I, I hope you have too. not about, air, not about aviation. <laughs>
1: Hey, I've I've learned a lot. Uh, I've been I've been tested. I haven't always passed, but that's okay. That's how we learn. And uh, it's been a lot of fun, Robin. I really appreciate you having All me. All right, I
0: appreciate it. So uh, I will be back on uh, on Monday with a new guest. But until then, yippee ki Yippee ki If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages here.